And what technology has allowed us to do, and I feel is the important thing, is it's it's taken away the repetitive sort of task-based processes that that the people would have to do. And it's allowed, I, I firmly believe that payroll is a, a customer service industry and it's allowed payroll professionals to develop those softer skills to, to be able to, to have the value-add conversations with employees, with colleagues, with partners within the business. And payroll holds you know, so much data about an organisation and, and most organisations payroll will be, you know, the majority of the costs of that organisation. So sure. it allows us to use the data and take that up to the exec level to say, here's what payroll's telling us, rather than just being a reactive processing force. Welcome to the Payroll Podcast with your host, Nick Day. Find out what it takes to truly discover what it takes to elevate your career within payroll as we meet with the industry leaders who are shaping the industry for tomorrow. Hello and welcome back to the Payroll Podcast. Of course, we are welcoming payroll listeners from across the globe. And today I am bringing you an absolutely cracking guest to the show. But before I reveal to you who he is, let me introduce myself. My name is Nick Day, CEO of JJ Recruitment, a specialist payroll recruitment firm. I'm also the host of this wonderful payroll podcast, which you can find on iTunes, Spotify, and of course, on our very own website, jjrecruitment.com, as well as across all other major podcast channels. So if you haven't already subscribed, please do so. Please share it with all your payroll friends. Your support is very much appreciated. We want to bring this podcast to the payroll masses. So without further ado, let me tell you about today's guest because I'm delighted to be joined by Brian Sparling, Senior Manager for Global Operations at Ceridi. Now I've known Brian for over 15 years. He's one of the most accomplished pearl professionals anyone anywhere across the globe is ever likely to find or meet. He's a chartered uh, and diploma qualified member of the CIPP. He's been named as one of the top 50 uh, reward leaders in the, in the knowledge and professional services in both 2019 and 2020. He's in the reward 300 alongside myself. Uh, Brian, I'm going to let you do the rest of the introduction, but welcome to the Payroll Podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you, Nick. Very good. And, and what a fantastic welcome and introduction. Thank you for that. My pleasure. I've been looking forward to having you on the show for so long, as you know, but I know all about you. I know about what you're all about and how long and all your experience you've got. But let's jump in, if we can, with you just giving our listeners a bit of a short introduction regarding your own payroll journey, as well as perhaps your current role and responsibilities at Ceridian. Absolutely. So like 98% of people who are, who are in payroll, you know, I fell into the, the job working in payroll. I was working in an organisation the person who did payroll left. I ended up taking over their responsibilities and and grew on from there. I've I've been very lucky to work for some fantastic organisations throughout my payroll career. I've worked for uh, B Sky B, TSB Bank, Weatherspoons, and now working for Ceridian. So I've kind of crossed the line from operational payroll in working in industry to now working as a, a payroll service provider. So know both sides of, of the fence in payroll and, and really been with Ceridian for three and a half years. There's been a lot of fantastic growth during that time. We've we've grown in the UK from having one outsourced payroll customer in the UK. We're now running 19 different customers across UK and Ireland. So it's been a fantastic story for us in the UK over the last three and a half years. Fantastic. We've seen an awful lot change, of course, over the course of 2020, the pandemic. Now, 2021, it feels like everyone is after some kind of transformation. Everyone's looking to get their businesses ready for the future 
of work. We're certainly seeing that as a, as a recruitment firm supporting those global transformations. But as someone working within the heartbeat of payroll innovation and change at Ceridian, I'd love to know about some of the major trends you're seeing right now from a global provider perspective. So what are you seeing in the market? How have you seen the market really shift post-pandemic? What, what we're seeing is people are really wanting that global single view. They, they want to have a system where they can log in and see a one-stop shop for all of their global needs rather than having a, a fractured landscape to look at different systems, speak to different people. They want to have one point of contact. They want to be able to run global reports and get everything back at, at once. And that's um, that's that's where we, you know, at Ceridian can help with, with, with day force in our solution, but it's it's something that, that we see as the real driver, you know, on a technical basis across the, the global payroll landscape. Sure. I know the Dayforce uh, product is something we're going to get into a little bit more detail yep. in just a minute because you've got a, a lot of uh, on-demand pay solutions, which is something I really want to get into nitty-gritty with. Before we get there, something I found on your Sweden website stated that it, and you've written this here, that it, uh, it takes smart technology to outsmart a changing world. Which I thought was a, a great strap line you've got on your website. Can you tell me more about then, how payroll technology innovations that you've involved in with Ceridian, but which, which technologies, should I say, are having the greatest positive impact on the world of payroll today, excluding payroll on demand? We're going to get to that in some detail. What are the other kind of innovations you're seeing that are really influencing the way that people are now processing global payroll? So what we are seeing from, certainly from a Ceridian perspective, is, is the way our system works. And I know you've spoken to David Ossop, our CEO yeah. and, and chairman in the past, about his disruptive view to change the world of payroll and break away from the, the payroll cycle, which you know on demand is a huge part of. But the, the system that we, that we use where we, we have the one, one database, one single engine and continuous payroll calculations is really helping us and our customers move away from the traditional payroll outsource model of, of a black box and, and one week of doing a lot of work. You know, David calls it the busy, the busy work. So cutting down on that real frantic period of payroll checking, payroll reconciliation, to be able to do that throughout the whole pay period and take the, the peaks and troughs away from, from payroll processing. From your perspective then, Brian, because you've been in this industry for a long time, you've seen it change. I don't know how manual it was when you first started. I know when I first started in payroll recruitment, we were looking at systems which were you know, very much Excel-based or the likes of Kalamazoo, or they were just completely manual. During that period of time where you've seen technology advance and, and, and evolve, there's always been a, a slight fear of change within the payroll community. New technology may replace us, new technology might, might make our roles redundant or whatever it might be. But presumably with where you are now in such a, an esteemed role with such a great business like Sweden, you've, you've obviously been able to benefit from some of the changes that have come in. But how does the payroll world then differ now to how it was when you first started? And why should we be excited about the future? Why should we embrace what's to come rather than be, I guess, resistant to it based on your experiences to date? So I think, you know, and I haven't been in, in payroll as, as long as some of my colleagues seem to think I worked on an abacus when I first worked <laughs> in payroll. But no, I, I remember working in, in my first payroll jobs and, and printing out payslips and, you know, things like that. And it, it's all changed. And what technology has allowed us to do, and I feel is the important thing, is it's it's taken away the repetitive sort of task-based processes that that the people would have to do. And it's allowed, I firmly believe that payroll is a, a customer service industry and it's allowed payroll professionals to develop those softer skills to, to be able to, to have the value-add conversations with employees, with colleagues, with partners within the business. And payroll holds 
you know, so much data about an organisation and, and most organisations payroll will be, you know, the majority of the costs of that organisation. So sure. it allows us to use the data and take that up to the exec level to say, here's what payroll is telling us, rather than just being a reactive processing force. I think there's a lot of scope for that to change as well. You know, Wendy, Wendy Muirhead, one of our fantastic salespeople within the organisation talks about, she wants to see at the board level a chief payroll officer. Um, and I think, you know, that sounds like a fantastic thing to aim for as a profession to know that, you know, we're not having to concentrate on the manual repetitive tasks and we can take what we do and make it much more important. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I think Wendy's onto something there. Certainly the, the rise of the payroll director, we're seeing that that comes to fruition now. Maybe it's, as you say, a chief payroll officer within businesses and certainly that customer-centric element. I mean, I've worked alongside and with Ceridian. It's it's such a customer-centric business that uh, you're, you're absolutely right there. It's, it's As you say, it's an expensive function, but it's a critical one because if you get payroll wrong, you're going to have attrition within your business. People are going to leave. People are going to you know, be... I, and morale is going to be affected if payroll isn't correct. It's such a sensitive and important thing for individuals that it has to be customer focused. And it's great to hear so we didn't have the customer at the core of everything that you do. Certainly the way that I've worked with you, it's always what's come across. Aside from that customer centric piece, though, how else do you think Ceridian really stand out from the crowd? Is it is it through tech? Is it you know, what other innovations are there that really help elevate Ceridian amongst what is quite a noisy marketplace at the minute, certainly post-pandemic with all the, the different types of technology we're seeing in new suppliers? But what really elevates Ceridian? For us, I think first and foremost, we see ourselves as a technology company. You know, we're a sure. Well, we we are there to produce new and, and innovative technology um, to to try and, like I said, you know, break down the payroll cycle, make everything work in conjunction with each other. It's a single system, like I've said, you know, it's a single payroll engine. You can see your your payroll calculation on an ongoing basis. It's 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 about I think really for Ceridian it is about developing the tech and trying to break down the markets with the tech that we offer, and then expanding globally with it across where we offer native payroll. Sure. Now, something within that innovative tech that I want to talk about today is your on-demand payroll services. There's been a huge amount of discussion about payroll on-demand within the payroll community generally. Um, obviously, it's, a, it's a service that Ceridian are already offering global clients, particularly in the US and Canada. Um, Ceridian offer, what I've seen, is something called the payroll software that is continuously calculating throughout the pay period. It's empowering teams to access and audit data continuously throughout the pay cycle instead of having to wait until pay period closes, which is still relatively new as a concept, I think, here in the UK. But I'd love it Brian, if you could tell me more about, about the pay-on-demand services Ceridian offer, perhaps as well, tell us a little bit more about some of the different ways people can get paid through a pay-on-demand service. Sure. I mean, the, there are there are pay-on-demand services in the market now. Um, you know, they're, they're available in the UK. Um, and the majority of those will work on a, an estimation of pay and a, an advance function what we offer in, in day force and as you said you know we've been we've been live in the US for a couple of years we launched in Canada earlier this year and, and we've seen great uptake for day force wallet and then so uh, on demand pay but what it gives you is a, a true gross to net calculation at any point in the pay cycle and gives you the ability to to draw down your net pay at that point and it produces a pay slip at that point and then completes all of the relevant tax filings, um, any payments that need to do. So it's fully compliant with, with um, any regulations in the, in the territory that we're in. But it's really, it's tied to 
the whole notion of the, the single system and the single calculation because it's uh, the, the payroll engine is linked very closely with our WFM or time and attendance data. So as soon as someone has clocked a shift, as soon as you've clocked out, you can have a look at your Dayforce app on your phone, see how much you've been paid for that shift, see your gross pay, see your net breakdown. And if you are an on-demand customer, you can get those wages paid straight to your Dayforce wallet, which is like any virtual payment app. Or in US, we have a, a physical payment card, uh, the MasterCard, that you can then have your funds loaded to as well. So it's really, it's it's not an estimation. It's not a drawdown of, of theoretical pay. It's payment of your net pay at the point you've earned it. Fantastic. So in the UK, as you said, there are some solutions already existing in the UK. We featured some of these uh, suppliers before on the payroll podcast. So do have a look back at previous episodes if you're interested in finding out more. In particular, of course, the episode with David Ossip, who talks about the Dayforce wallet in some detail. It's a really fascinating episode. So please do check that out. But what do you see as the benefits then in the UK, but obviously further afield as well? that pay-on-demand can have on both employees and employers? And is there a real appetite for it in the UK? So I, I think in terms of appetite, we know that speaking to some of our current customers, that, that they have a massive appetite for this in the UK. If we look at the US, it's slightly different. The US has a much more, uh, they, they tend not to pay employees monthly. It's either semi-monthly or bi-weekly. Sure. And we've even found it in the US where, where our customers have a weekly pay cycle, they still have massive uptake off force wallet and on-demand pay because their employees see that flexibility to be able to allow them to to access money there and then um, but we know from speaking to our customers especially in some certain sectors retail especially that, that they're massively keen for us to get this into the the uk market and working you know the real if you think about benefits the benefits for the employee are you know they can get paid at any point that, that they need the money throughout the pay cycle using dayforce wallet and on-demand pay, there's no fees to the employee. There's no fees to the employer either. It's, it's cost-free based on using Dayforce payroll and Dayforce time and attendance system. And it gives the employee an easier way to manage their money. We know that you know financial wellness is, is a big a big issue for a lot of people, you know, currently globally, not just in the UK. And, and sure. we, you know, in the UK, I think we've Research has shown that about 70% of, of employees will rely on some sort of credit facilities in between paydays. Um, so, you know, we hope that with the launch of this, it, it helps increase the financial wellness of employees because the, they, they can manage their money slightly easier as well. For sure. and, and, you know, we've found from the States for the employer as well, it's helping to reduce turnover and attrition we've seen from our customers an average of about 42 percent lower turnover rates and customers that are offering dayforce wallet and on-demand pay and it's actually helping in the the war of attrition for new talent at the moment you know it's, it's you'll know yourself nick it's becoming you know very difficult to attract people because yeah. the, the talent is there but lots of people are fighting for them and, and we, we've seen where we have customers who offer on-demand pay, it's being mentioned in job adverts and it's seen as a real key driver to get people in, giving them that flexibility on, on pay as well. 
hundred percent. I see it as recruiters. I mean, you know, taking payroll aside, obviously we're payroll recruitment experts, but for sure, you know, if there's two offers and they're both competitive and everyone's maxed on the salary and remuneration, you know, you've got to make a decision and one can give you pay on demand and one can't. And we're absolutely as a, as a recruitment firm going to sell on the benefits of that flexibility. And as you say, it's not just about attracting the best staff, but when you've got them in, in the door, if you're offering that and a competitor isn't, then it's also a great way of retaining that talent, which is, you know, valuable, but to losing that talent to a competitor or to walk out the door is very, very expensive uh, to, to replace. So I think it's, it's, it's a double-edged win for pay-on-demand users from a client perspective, me viewing that as a recruiter rather than as a payroll professional. What we want to do is, is through our technology and through our offering is to be able to, to sort of kill the, the, the high-cost payday loan cycle, you know, to, to try and get people out of having high-cost borrowing to help them through a period. If, if there's a service and something we can offer that will help that, then you know that's, that can only be good for, for employees, but also employers. Because once, you know, if the, if the employees are happier, then, then there's less issues for the employer. Sure. And actually, I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast. During the pandemic, we had an example of a, of a particular contractor who couldn't get to an interview because they couldn't afford the train fare to get there, the travel to get there because they hadn't been paid yet, but they'd finished that assignment a week before, but they're waiting to the end of the month to have that pay come in. And that was actually you know, directly affecting their ability to get a new job because they're waiting for that, that end of monthly pay cycle to access their money. Pay on demand would have solved that problem instantly in that particular right. example. And as a recruiter, you know, we, 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 I guess we get exposed to different things. Interestingly, you mentioned a 70% number. I mean, there are lots of statistics out there that talk about financial wellness at the minute. And I read a slightly different stat, but mine was that 40% of people in Britain at the minute, particularly those, and I think you mentioned retail and hospitality. So it's those in nursing, hospitality and retail sectors are often only one single pay slip away or paycheck away from severe financial difficulty. So you mentioned 70%, I think, of people have some form of credit. But with the overwhelming majority of employers paying employees in arrears, uh, often on a monthly cycle, as we've talked about, it can be really, really difficult because employees are oscillating between you know, being cash rich on, on payday and they've got to make that last then the whole month. And that can be very, very challenging. And I think you mentioned it briefly, Brian. Certainly David mentioned it in detail when I spoke with him. Do you think then that pay on demand could finally see the end of what is a very traditional monthly pay cycle we have in the the UK? Could it be the dissolution of the monthly pay cycle as we see it? Or do you, you know, maybe it won't have that much of an impact? I don't know, but I would love to get your view on, on how you see that monthly pay cycle, because it's, it seems to be we have it in the UK due to habit rather than any other major reason. Yep. And maybe I'm wrong that I'm a, I'm a recruiter talking about payroll, so you, by all means correct me, but that's how, I, how I'm viewing it. No, I think you're right, Nick. And it, it was always, you know, it was the drive if you think maybe you, you talked about how things have changed from from when I started in payroll, you know, there was much more common weekly, two-weekly payrolls. And then there was the big drive over perhaps the last 20, 30 years to, to move everyone to be paid on a monthly cycle. And, and that was maybe a lot of that was driven by it was easier for the employer rather than easier for the, the employee. Yeah. But now, you know, if you have the ability to take your pay when you need it, then the employer can still keep the the monthly pay cycle because you'll still need to run a payroll, um, even in an on-demand world. But it just means the employee has got that flexibility to be paid as often as they wish. If someone's quite happy and, and works really well on, I get my pay once a month, I know exactly what I do with it and when I spend it, then monthly works for them. But if you have someone with, you know, who's who's perhaps much more used to getting money on a much more regular basis, then they can take their money once a week or or you know whenever they need it. I think when when everyone 
looks at on-demand pay, we always think, you know, it's the, it's the, oh, my fridge is just broken down and I need to go and buy a new fridge. I need, you know, I need an emergency pot of cash that I don't have. I'll use my on-demand pay for this. What we are finding is that it's being much more used for regular expenditure, like the groceries, you know, like sort of regular shopping, especially from some of our customers and studies on usage in in the US. So that's a that was always a very interesting thing for me because I had always seen it's the you know it's something's broken. I need to go out and buy something now. I need funds. How can I get that? And that's obviously always going to work in an on demand basis. But the way people who who are using it are using it in very different very different ways. Have you ever asked yourself how can I recruit payroll staff effectively? Please don't give up on your recruitment project just yet. Here at JGA Payroll Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top payroll talent. We also understand just how costly a poor payroll hire can be. JGA Recruitment are a niche payroll recruitment agency who will partner with you to resource payroll candidates who will improve both the accuracy and efficiency of your payroll department. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. The narrative has changed as well post-pandemic. So I know we were talking about on-demand pay. I had an interview, David, you know, pre-pandemic, right? But so this technology has been there for some time and, and, and not really talking about the history of it necessarily, but post-pandemic, we're in a new culture now of choice, whether you want to choose to work from home, whether you want to choose to go into the office, choosing hours, flexibility. For me, it's not saying you can't stick to your monthly pay cycle if you wish, but it's giving employees more choice. And if they want to be able to access it, then why not give them that choice? But that's what everyone is demanding now. We want to look after employees when we have better employee engagement, we know results in better business performance, better happiness in, in, in personal lives as well. So, you know, for me, aside from potentially the compliance complexities of how this works, and that's not my expertise, but purely looking at it from a, a choice perspective, it seems to make absolute sense. And as you say, if it can mean that the employees are going to be less reliant on high street short-term loans because they can access real-time pay to enable them to be paid when they need it, then that's a huge, huge benefit for, for, for wellness, for, again, which then again links to employee performance and, and the way that they work and productivity. So I think it's a fantastic thing. But from a compliance angle, we're getting lots of questions, particularly here in the UK, Brian, about how this could work. You know, is it a loan? Tell us a little bit about the mechanics of how pay-on-demand or on-demand pay would work in the UK. And, and with that in mind, what does the future look like here in the UK and, and further afield? So I think this, this, is, this is one area where you know, we're still building the, the solution for the UK because sure. there are perhaps the, the legislative difficulties and, and the, the, with HMRC, with the ITI reporting that, that needs to be uh, sort of worked through. But we are, we're still working through in conjunction um, with our product teams and, and compliance teams to how that solution will work. But we're certainly aiming to have it launched next year in the UK because it's something that right. as I said you know we know we've got customers who are desperate for it to happen and the, the launch and the, the uptake in the US and Canada has been, been very successful so we know there's a market for the product once we launch it. So if I was to get you to get that crystal ball out Brian let's say that everything goes through smoothly next year we, you've agreed all the compliance elements to it it's all fine from an RTI perspective 
What does the future hold for on-demand pay? If you were to predict it maybe three years from now, or by all means, pick your own window, just as someone who's working in this space at a senior global level, I'd love to get your view on how you see the future of payroll in relation to on-demand pay. And it will be the same with any new technology or any new service or any new product in a market. Once the first person does it and cracks those difficult questions, then other people see the way to do it. And I think that that perhaps we'll be the leader in that market and offering the, the true on-demand net pay in, in the UK. But I think other a lot of other providers and service software providers will, will probably follow along very similar routes to us. Yeah, sure. Especially if, if we, you know, if we can see the same, you know, the same rates of, of uptake in, in the UK once once we can offer it. It's a bit like the Roger Bannister four-minute mile, right? So, you know, couldn't break it. When it's done, everyone and follows suits and it's broken again and again. I can see that happening here for sure once we get those complexities ironed out. So taking things away from pay on demand for a moment. You mentioned earlier that Ceridian is all about the customer, very customer-centric business, and actually payroll as a as an industry is very customer service orientated. What are some of the customer payroll challenges or questions then that you're being asked at the moment at Ceridian that, that isn't about on-demand pay? But what is the most common kind of challenge, I guess, that you are often looking to overcome at Ceridian as a payroll provider? It's being able to communicate with a business's employees using whatever tools we have at their ability to give them, especially during pandemic, where people were maybe, you know, not not all working in traditional the, the workspaces, so they weren't office based and they weren't uh, they weren't working. But employers still had to communicate with with their employees, and and we used several different methods using Dayforce to, to be able to help build the communications, but also the to to allow employees to then inform their employers on COVID status, whether they had you know tested positive. It allowed businesses to make that process much smoother. I think now we're getting to the end of of COVID, you know, furloughs just ended, oh, the end of COVID, that's maybe wishful thinking, but <laughs> certainly, certainly, you know, the furlough scheme has ended, so a lot of payroll organisations are, are getting a bit more back to normal, everything's starting to open up, so we're now in a position of starting to just normalise payroll operations with our customers and moving away from some of the temporary practices that have been brought in over the last year and a half, two years. Interestingly, and Sweden weren't alone in this, but the, the ability for payroll providers like yourselves and, and the in-house payroll professionals to pivot as fast as they did during lockdowns, we had a process payroll from home when, let's be honest, a lot of people didn't think that was a function that could operate from, from home for various reasons. What surprised you the most or how did you feel making that pivot? Do you think it's been a real positive change in terms of the way that payroll is now viewed in terms of the way that they were able to pivot or you know what was your experience now coming as you say coming out of covid in inverted commas certainly coming out of lockdown and some of the restrictions and the abilities to work from home which we didn't know was possible what's your experience been and what's your outlook now as, as we are starting to, to move away so so i you know i will freely admit and have done on, on several occasions in the past year or so that that i was probably one of those dinosaurs that in the past would have said <laughs> If you're working in payroll, we all have to be in the same office. We all have to be in the same space because we need to be able to to have that regular communication. We need to be able to speak to each other. Um, so payrollers can, you know, on a very regular basis, work from home. and needs to be office based now. Like everyone else, at the, at the drop of a hat last March, that all changed, and we just had to do it. So I've I very much 
changed my opinion on whether payroll can be delivered virtually or not. You know, at Ceridian, we've delivered some some huge projects working virtually when before everything would have been done on the customer site in the same room. And there's been absolutely no detriment to the quality of the work that we're giving the customer. And the feedback has been along those lines. So I think now it's it's opened up. If I think about myself as a recruiter and I'm coming to you, Nick, to say, I need people for my team at Ceridian. I'm not looking for people within a 10 mile radius of Glasgow anymore. If they're in the UK, great. If they're somewhere else, provided we, you know, we, we, we bear in mind all the intricacies about employing people in a different country. But you know, if they're based in the UK, then they can work for Ceridian, they can work for me. So I've expanded my talent pool as a as a hiring manager massively, just from that change of thinking about can we do payroll remotely to well, we have to do payroll remotely and we can make it work and make it work very well. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a fantastic example. And as you say, it expands that talent pool at a time where talent has never been at more of a premium, particularly within payroll. So that's a, you know, the timing is very good in that sense. But it's a really interesting insight to hear that you've changed your own mindset. As you said, you know, without using your own words, you find yourself, you know, a bit of a dinosaur in terms of how you viewed this, but actually you've come full circle now because you are now very open about taking talent from further field. I think that I think that's great. My final question then before we open the vault, it's again focused on the future of payroll. It's something that I always like to talk but on the podcast, because it appears to me particularly now that technology and Ceridian consider themselves a technology business, it's evolving faster now than it seems to have ever been evolving. Maybe that's not the case. That's certainly how it appears to me, you know, whether we're talking about robotic process automation, whether we're talking about uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning solutions now coming to the market. It's advancing so fast. It's almost quicker than we were able to report on it. So I'd love to know from your perspective, Brian, as someone who's right at the cutting edge of, of payroll, but also working for a cutting edge technology business, somebody who's very experienced in both the traditional evolutionary payroll process we mentioned earlier, uh, maybe not the abacus, but certainly you've been in it for a long time and you've seen manual processes work. You've been in this industry for a long time. What do you think the future of payroll is going to look like? I'm not necessarily talking about on-demand pays. We've covered that element, but from a technological perspective and a, a process perspective, what will the future of payroll look like in, say, five years? And do you think it's a positive outlook? Would it be rosy for us? Should we should we be looking forward to it? I think it's always a difficult question because if you think about, you know, five years ago, what's changed? Could you have predicted what we're doing now five years ago? I think I would certainly struggle. Um, and if I could predict five years in the future, I'd be a richer man than I am currently. <laughs> but I think with any technological advances, because any advances are going to be around technology and that's yeah. what's going to make everyone's Agreed. jobs different. There will be more automation. There will be less processes that we need to step into. But I think there is always going to be some part in the process. There's going to be a human touch needed now, you know, a human brain. As fantastic as the computer is, a human brain can see when something doesn't look right straight away. Yeah. And that's that's why in payroll, I think you always need, if you've got people working on payroll, they need to be able to understand how payroll works and not just how the computer works that does the payroll. So that when they look at something, they can tell straight away there's something not right about that. They can so contextualise the data, can't they? Yep. That's the, yeah, yep. yeah. There's, there's probably a, a, you know, a, a specific uh, computer programming term for doing that. And it, you know it's going to be very difficult to actually build. But whether it's, the people will be working on exception processing or, or um, you know, reasonableness processing and looking at 
that side of things rather than just doing the, the the tasks themselves. I think it's it can only be a good thing that it allows it will allow us to concentrate on the softer parts of the work as well. Do you, do you think um, things like blockchain technology, cryptocurrency payments? Do you think that's something we might see in the next five years? Do you think that's still further ahead, or maybe it'll never never come into play? It's kind of a piece of tech that we're not seeing yet, but we know it's you know a lot of technology and technology businesses maybe outside of Pebble are certainly working on that kind of tech. Do you see those solutions coming to the market in the in the, in the near future? I personally think that's certainly not a near future item. I think until if we think about payroll and 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 how maybe in how much funds are dispersed at the the back end of payroll you know until we have solutions that are workable for the majority of people then i don't think that's going to impact that part of payroll whether money movement becomes totally different as a result of new technologies then i think that will be where that will impact payroll sure rather than the end part of payroll process. Well, like the cross-border payment piece yep. in the speed of that, for sure. So listen, we're going to open the vault. Entering the vault. Some quick, short, sharp questions for you, Brian. So number one, one piece of advice you would give to someone working in payroll right now? I would tell them to strap themselves in for the ride and enjoy it. I, I've worked in payroll now, you know, over 20 years, well over 20 years, and, and it, it's a fantastically changeable experience you never have the same day twice and uh you know you can really find yourself pushing almost the stuff that, that is, can really be enjoyable you know i want to i want to find these people that that leave school and want to work in payroll i want payroll to be a career you know we've the, the payroll industry has made big you know steps forward to, to try and get itself out there you know some of the pushing LinkedIn to recognise payroll as an industry on its own, you know, will maybe help that. But I want people to see payroll as a career path and not just a stepping stone to, you know, working in HR or doing something else. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And obviously the the opportunities now, as we see it as a recruitment recruitment firm, right, it's not just payroll administrator through to payroll manager. And there's nothing wrong with that career path, but you can go into it any element of payroll now, whether it's payroll development, software development, payroll sales, um, you can go into implementation, project management, payroll tutoring, teaching, all those different things. I think it's a much more exciting proposition now than it's ever been before. Um, and as you talk about, you know, it takes in the best of tech, best of payroll, all the different things that come into it. If you're mathematically minded, it can suit you. If you're technology focused, it can suit you. I think um, I think it's really exciting time now. I totally agree. We need to need to get payroll as an industry on LinkedIn. I've seen that movement take it get a little bit of uh, uh, backing behind it from the community i hope that continues and we'll, we'll watch this space and i think what you know globally as well you know payroll's now not a world that's static you know the, there's the opportunity to be involved on a global basis in what you do sure. as well so that can you know that can be a massive attraction for some people when when uh, you're maybe getting involved in in a payroll that that, that involves working with lots of different cultures and lots of different uh, people Hundred percent. So, question two: If you had the power of foresight and you could change the entire payroll industry with one action or improvement, what would that action or improvement be? If it would be something as simple as eradicate errors in the payroll process, payroll is massively emotive to people. It's great when you get it right, but when you get it wrong, it can be, you know, very difficult for someone on the receiving end of yeah. that uh, as well. So, I think it, I'd like to uh, to improve accuracy. You know. And, and then you're talking about removing human error and that that can sometimes be difficult because where you've got a process with a human in it, you might always get some sort of error. 
Interestingly, though, I think Pearl is one of the only industries I can think of where if you do get it absolutely right, it just means that no one calls you, no one tells you. <laughs> it's, it's a good thing, you know, because it's silent, not because no one's holding you to say it's wrong, which is a little bit different to, to other industries, perhaps, where you actually get, you know, lots of accolades and, uh, and, and, and high fives if something goes right. Payroll is just that you, you're welcome with silence, uh, which I think is quite interesting. And that's something that the payroll industry needs to get better at doing as well. We need to get better at recognising our successes and our successes yeah. are at the end of the, the payroll cycle, I was going to say at the end of the month, at the end of the payroll cycle, have have we paid people correctly? If we have, that is our job. You know, we've done a fantastic thing and and, and not to, to get too hung up on, on doing that. And my last question, in hindsight, you've got to say over 20 years in payroll, Brian, what's the one thing you now know that you wish you had known when you began your payroll career? I think the, the career word there is important. I think I wish I had known at the start of it that it was a career. I spent too long in payroll looking to get out of payroll. <laughs> and, you know, that's that sounds like a funny thing to say, but it was, all, you know, well, I'm doing this now. I, I want to move on. I'm working in HR. I'm working in finance. What else can I do without focusing on on where payroll, you know, payroll career can take you? You know, and I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm very happy. I'm very pleased that, I've I've worked hard in payroll over twenty years, and you know now in a, a role that's fantastic for a company that, that's great to work for. But I think just being focused on on payroll as a, a career would would have been something really interesting, and also to you know the the, the knowledge or the the insight you want to give everyone is, is make sure that you do celebrate your successes and don't in payroll. I think mistakes can sometimes get a little bit of focus the wrong way. You know it's we're not brain surgeons if we make a mistake no one's going to die okay people will get paid wrongly but we can fix them you know i've yet to i've yet to come across a mistake in my payroll career that can't be fixed sure so you know make your mistakes learn from them and 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 go grow from there i think i had a a similar conundrum in my own um career and i work in recruitment but it took me some time to come to terms with the fact that i worked in recruitment i think i was when i you know this was just when i started it was just a stopgap it was just because you know i was looking for something else and it was only really when i embraced it when actually i'm quite good at this and i actually enjoy it and admitting that i enjoyed it and admitting that i wanted to progress in this industry it was only then that i actually managed to progress and i think if you're always looking to get out you know you, you can you'll stagnate potentially but if you embrace what you do and learn to love it then that's when the whole world of opportunity for me opens up and i think you know, I think you're a great example of that, Brian, because you know where you've got to now, you know, you're in a really fantastic position with one of the most innovative payroll businesses in the world, global. And I think that must have come at some point when you've opened up that opportunity to go, you know what, this is my career, this is my profession, I'm going to own it. And you've, you've absolutely done that with aplomb. So um, for me, that's that's that was something that happened in my own journey. I had to accept recruitment as my industry. And, and I'm sure there's many people listening to this that need to go, actually, payroll is, is a great career choice for me. And I can really, I can really develop and achieve everything I want to achieve within this industry. Um, and hopefully if anyone's listening to this, if they can just have that, that sort of microphone drop moment now to go, all right, I'm going to own this. Then I think we're going to really help a lot of people along their, along their career trajectories as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it's been an absolute pleasure. I could talk to you for a long, long time. We've known each other. There's probably lots of other ground we could cover, Brian, but we are unfortunately almost out of time. What I'd like to find out though is some of the links that people who are listening to this, they want to find out more about Ceridian, want to find out more about yourself. I know that you've got a, um, an exciting event coming up, which is Ceridian World Tour in London, which is on November the 30th. It's an in-person or a virtual event. And I will put a link to that event in the episode notes. If you're interested in the Ceridian World Tour, please do check look at the, uh, take a look at the episode notes. You can click straight through and sign off about that. But are there any other links you'd like to highlight on the episode while we have you, Brian? 
I think I would say, you know, have a look at our website, have a look at Civilian's website, see what we're doing globally, see what our products are doing, reach out on LinkedIn, you know, to me, if anyone wants to to have a discussion about anything payroll related, I'll, I'll happily talk about payroll for as long as anyone lets me in. And thank you for, for letting me speak to you about payroll today, Nick. So yeah, my absolute um, pleasure. for payroll, keep keep on top of what's happening, you know, be inquisitive, ask questions, and and then that's that's where the good stuff starts to happen. Fantastic. Well, I will, of course, put Brian's LinkedIn um, address on the episode notes as well. So if you do want to connect with Brian, again, jump through to the episode notes. You can click straight through to Brian to make that connection request on LinkedIn. I will also put some links in there to Ceridian's website, which is ceridian.com. You can look at the intelligence at work, all about the things that Ceridian are doing, which are innovative, about payroll. A link to that world tour in London, which I definitely recommend you all sign up for. It's on the 30th of November. So put it in your calendars now. And I'll also put a separate link in there all about the Day Force wallet. We've talked a lot about pay on demand today. If you want to find out more about it, please do click through the episode notes and click on the dayforcewallet.com link. Please remember that if you have a payroll-related vacancy that you need some support with, then please do give myself a call. I'm the founder of JJ Recruitment. We're a specialist payroll recruitment firm. You can reach either myself or any of my colleagues at jjrecruitment.com or give any of my team a call on 01727 800 377. Just leaves me to say a huge thank you, Brian, for joining me today on the Pearl Podcast. I look forward to bringing you all the next episode real soon. Thank you very much. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Nick. Thank you so much for tuning into the Payroll Podcast with Nick Day of JGA Recruitment. If you need help with a current payroll vacancy, then please get in touch with Nick and his team. All contact details can be found in the episode notes. In the meantime, to make sure you never miss a future episode, please subscribe to the show through any of your favorite podcast channels. Till next time.